0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra
1: Raiders. So close to the Raiders! Kemper Papali would be and a
0: program. Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello, and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the Raiders' official podcast, thanks to OAC Digital. Round 14 sees the Raiders travel to Suncorp Stadium to take on the Brisbane Broncos after a really strong performance against the Roosters last weekend at GIA Stadium, where the Green Machine came away with the two points, a valuable two competition points in the scheme of things as well. Joining us on the podcast today is Lauren Pritchard. Hello. Hey, Ben. And also a man of many hats, but we'll call him the New South Wales Cup coach, Joel Carboni. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. How are you, Ben? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, good to have you on board, Joel. Um, You've had um, a fairly um, interesting pathway to where you are. We'll find out a little bit about how that all came about soon. But first of all, how are you uh, settling into the new role? Pretty well, I
2: think. Um, It's been really easy. Sticks obviously given me a um, bit of leeway. He's stayed back and let me do my own thing sort of thing and um, given me a lot of trust. Um, Whitey, Cappy and and Creepy as the other assistant coaches have been really helpful too and it's... It's been a lot of fun, to be honest.
0: Yep. Going to find out more about how it all came about and what you uh, actually do on a day to day basis because I know it's a lot. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but first we'll go around the horn. So, the Raiders um, out of that game on the weekend had a couple of players at the judiciary laws. Uh, we've lost Jordan Rapiner for a week, but Zach Wolford uh, thankfully can play this weekend after taking the early plea.
1: Yeah, great news that we can still have Zach this week. Um, Rapper will miss the one week, but yeah. A good result.
0: Interesting way for people that might have seen the charge sheet that came out. Zach Wolford actually um, had the option to take a week or pay the fine because he's not in outside the top thirty, and they probably think that uh, they probably I think they have a bit of leeway for those guys that don't earn as much money. But um, Zach's going to pay the fine, and he, he, uh, he of money. that's right. He wants to play. He wants to play on the weekend. Who who would want to miss a game, particularly at that stage of your career? So uh, Zach will be free to play, which is really good. Uh, Trey Mooney debuted last week. We saw. Uh, the emotion that the jersey presentation, Loz, you were there. That must have been a great moment to be a part of.
1: It was such a beautiful moment. I was quite teary too, so I was lucky I was hiding behind the camera. But um, to have his mum and dad there last Wednesday for his jersey presentation was beautiful and just the stories that the dad told about how he got into footy and um, his in- he, had in- he was talking about incentives when he was five to get him to play but he didn't play <laughs> till he was nine years old and um, even just – Trey speaking about how grateful he is for the opportunity and how much his parents did along the way. It was really nice to be there and be a part of it.
0: Yeah, it was a great um, great way for him to come into first grade and he, he got, uh, I think, 10 or so minutes um, off the bench on the weekend, Joel, and I think the instructions were just get in the middle and go as hard as you can for 10 minutes and um, from what you saw, what we saw on the weekend, he pretty much just did that.
2: Yeah, he's he's going to be a very good player, Trey. He, uh, he acquitted himself pretty well on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> After the game, he was... Um, in almost disbelief at how fast it was, but he, he did a really good job. He yeah, definitely acquitted himself
0: very well. Particularly because he's played most of his football this year on an edge. Um, yeah, he's,
2: he, he's played a little bit of both. Like He typically starts on an edge, but he can play both. Mm. Um, he's probably better in the middle, I'd say, but he's, um, he's accomplished enough to play on the edge, and for his development it's probably been best that he does a little bit of both this year. Um, the stick just wanted to keep it simple for him on the weekend, though, so just... Let him play in the middle and just gas himself out.
0: Yep, absolutely. You saw him, um, you know, he's been here now for a number of years in the junior system and, and he came here uh, when Pete was obviously head of recruitment. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people uh, probably don't know this, but you do a lot of that recruitment work for the club as well. What Do you remember um, when Trey first arrived and, and sort of what you guys saw in him that made him someone to keep an eye out for?
2: Yeah. I, I, if you've been involved uh, watching any sort of junior footy, when Trey was coming through you'd know who Trey was like he was he was always one of the more dominant kids coming through so everybody knows Trey or knew Trey um, and it was a pretty it was a big signing from from our point of view from the club like to be able to sign someone even though he was very young if his caliber was um, yeah, it was a, it was a big signing probably unheralded but it was a big signing um, Pete did a really good job to, to get him down here and Trey's been for somebody who's so well accomplished as a young player, he's been his head's really screwed on, and he's he's a very humble boy. He works really hard, and yeah, it was pretty much a matter of when, not if, he was going to get mm. his chance.
0: Yeah, he's going to be um, one hell of a player once he once he gets some uh, opportunity at the top level, and he and he you know still grows into his body too. He's still only fairly young, so he's got. He's got time on his side and, um, yeah, we all know the skill set he possesses. So, great to see him make his debut on the weekend. Uh, a little milestone, mini milestone this weekend, lads. A couple of guys up for 50 Raiders games, which is always good to see.
1: Yeah, we've got Tom Starlin and Corey Horsborough both play 50 Raiders games this weekend, which is really exciting to see. They're both obviously great players and great guys to have around the club as well, so I'm really happy for them to make that milestone.
0: That's right, a couple of different timelines for both of those guys. Uh, Joel, you'd remember when Starlo made his debut for us, I think it was against the Bulldogs mm. uh, when Hodjo broke Hodjo his hand. Out. Yeah, in, back in 2019, I think it was. Yeah. Hodjo had a broken hand, we had a few out, and um, he's just gone on to, to be a really valuable part of this team, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, he's... Similar to most guys that tend to make it here, he's just such a good, humble kid, really hard worker and he's just, he he came basically for an opportunity and he's made the most of it for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about Corey Horsburgh uh, during our match review in a minute because he had a standout performance against the Roosters last week. Uh, Before we move on though, uh, Origin, Wednesday night, Um, we've got uh, obviously Jack Whiten and Josh Papali'i to uh, fairly accomplished origin level players now, Los. Uh, who do you see uh, taking away the win in the first game?
1: As a New South Wales fan, I hope it's Jack and his New South Wales team, but who knows? Queensland have a great team too, so yeah. I,
0: I'm actually I'm a New South Wales fan too, of course, but um, I'm actually worried about this game because the, the Queensland team's got a lot of good combinations, Joel. That um, that at club level, and um, they've got some guys that are um, in form as well. With the, a few of the
2: Cowboys and. and players like that that have made the team issue they, they picked a pretty tough side they definitely picked a side that's uh seems like it's going to be right for the origin arena um I, it's it's very difficult to sort of t- yep. to pick between the two sides i reckon this is I, I find this to be one of the hardest games of origin to sort of pick the winner in in a pretty l- in a really long time
0: yeah that's right i mean i look at um leading in the game one last year i think most people had a feeling of new south wales by how many and and would win the the series comfortably. But, you know, Queensland won that last game last year, and uh, as I said, they've got plenty of form players uh, in the team this uh, week. So uh, let's hope that um, good games from Jack and Papa, and they can get through for us and be ready to go on the weekend. The Raiders 22, the Roosters 16 at GIO Stadium, and a big shout-out to the 6,400-odd brave souls that... Uh, weathered the storm out there on the weekend. It was freezing cold, it was sleeting, but, um, you know, we had great support out there and thank you to everyone who came along uh, to that match. Uh, First of all, Joel, once again, that performance and the victory was built off the back of our defensive efforts, um, particularly on our own line in that first half. They threw lots at us and we just kept coming up with the defensive plays. There were
2: so many good individual moments defensively that sort of obviously made up the unit uh, the defensive unit there but when we look back on it in review it was astonishing to see it's the stuff that you sort of you tend to miss when you're watching it live but going back on it in review the boys reviewed it um, yesterday now and just to see the amount of individual efforts that went into it, it was it was probably the best defensive performance we've seen this year um, and some of the, the most impressive individual sort of efforts that we've seen this year as well so
0: you cut a little video together for the Raiders socials on that def- defensive effort in the first half and um, there was a number of times where you almost, you know, just expecting the Roosters to go through but the boys, as Joel said, yeah. just kept, you know, doing it for each other and, and defending on the inside and making sure that they made those tackles.
1: Yeah, that last five minutes of that first half, there was probably four or five opportunities where they definitely looked like they were going to score and we scrambled really well. Even the fans in the comments were saying it reminded them of 2019, that kind of defence... Yeah. And that kind of thing, so um, no, it was so good to see.
0: Yep, it was Matt Frawley and Jamal Fogarty, uh, another new halves combination. Joel, it feels like we've had so many different variations in the halves this year, but um, you could see the experience between those two on the weekend, the way that they. Um, their kicking games and, and the way that they were able to, um, you know, make sure that they tried to get the, the, the roosters down their end as much as they could and, and control the football a bit. And Jamal um, was obviously going to be better after a couple of games now.
2: Mm. I don't know what it looked like on, on telly, but the conditions were... Dreadful. Pretty, yeah, They were. Pretty awful. They were. And uh, the wind was swirling and it was all over the place. And the, both boys, both halves acknowledged it. it probably wasn't the perfect... Uh, perfect game in terms of their ends of sets but what they did do was they uh they led the team around well and they they did their best in trying to sort of start us in, in field position that made it more difficult for for the roosters and that just their their level-headedness both of them it it went a long way to even if they individually didn't sort of uh, whatever you want to call it bring any create any brilliant plays their level-headedness sort of got us through it, it was it was yep. Yeah, essential. Absolutely, and especially
0: with a very young back line. Uh, You've got a 19-year-old kid playing full-back and some very young um, outside backs in, you know, Matty Tomoko and uh, also um, uh, Seb Chris. Um, you even throw Nick Cottridge in there, who's still quite young. I mean, to have that experience around them is probably a great thing at this time of their career too.
2: Yeah, I mean, th- that's, that's what those two boys bring in bucket loads. Brawls, um, whenever he gets his opportunity to play... Always impresses, and that's Gemma's second game now. And like you said, it's he's definitely going to be better for the run, he's only going to get better here. Yeah. Um, it's our I don't know how many times we've changed, had to change our spine this year. It, it's I, incredible. It feels
0: like It feels like every week. So there is, it has not been. I can't remember been two games where we've put two games together. I yeah. can't remember it being a, a game where we have because perhaps a, earlier in the year, but yeah, that's but
2: right. Even still, like just th- that's yeah, having having two guys like that, uh, Gemma and um and that you can just throw in there in their level head and it sort of allows us to get through. It tends to negate the, the amount of changes that we make in our spine and the changes that we make in our team. So, yeah, it, it, it makes such a big difference.
0: Yeah, it sure does. And, um, yeah, you've got to give you know, credit to Matt Frawley. He, You know, get, has to come in at this time of the year when he knows that Jack's out for Origin and, and perform the way he has. It's, um, it's been really strong. Now, I mentioned earlier Corey Horsborough, Um We all saw the big play uh, where, he, where he charged the ball down and led for that Seb-Chris try. But... I thought his start of the game, and we talked about. I talked about this with him before the game. He hadn't started a game since 2020, so um, he he took his opportunity and ran with it, and was really strong.
1: Yeah, he really was. He yeah, really took the opportunity with both hands and was quite the enforcer. He had 12 runs, 130 meters. Um, yeah, I just thought he was so strong and just really took that opportunity.
0: I remember when he, when he came off, Joel, and you, you sit up in the box, but Rick asked him if he had nine minutes left in him in the first half. And he, he got straight up off the <laughs> bike and said, I'm fresh, ready to go. He's really, um, over the last few weeks, taken his game to, to where we know it can get to.
2: Yeah, it's like most young guys, just a bit of consistency in his footy and consistency in his games. And being able to string some games together allows for that. So it's probably the first time in quite a while that he's been able to play I think he's played every game so far this year. Yeah, he's, he's, been, really, he's been really good for us too. 13 games in a row. That's, all that sort of stuff, being able to build on things week in, week out, that's, yeah, it's allowed him to sort of get to this point. Here. And everybody here knows his quality. He's, yep. he's such a quality player. Um, it's, it's awesome to be able to have, you know, Papa away and then Red step in and start. And obviously no one's going to be able to replace Papa. But he did such a good job on the weekend.
0: Yep, that's right, and I thought Ryan Sutton was really good too. Um, obviously, with Papa out, uh, the right edge attack—you um, know—we saw some some nice little combinations. I mentioned before Xavier Savage um, playing fullback, but um, you know he linked up with Maddie um, Tomoko there to score that try, and um, that was really nice to see too. Because Mokes is that powerful young kid who you give him a bit of space on the outside, and uh, he usually makes the most of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he's a very confident boy, Matty, Maddie, and. Rightly so. He's very, very good player. He's got a lot more to show in NRL that he probably hasn't yet. Um, not through lack of trying, just because he's sort of still just finding his feet. He's only very inexperienced still, but he's um, he's got a lot of upside. And I think most of the people, most of the coaching staff and guys that have seen him come through the, the grades know how much better he's, he's going to become even though he's still doing a really good job at the moment, he's got plenty of upside. He's going to get a lot better.
0: It must be really encouraging from the coaching staff's perspective to know that you've got probably half a dozen players in the squad at the moment. We're winning games, but there's still so much more improvement in you know six, seven players in there that haven't had a great deal of first-grade experience so far.
2: Yeah, I mean, Sick always talks about it. Like, we've got a lot of not just good young players that – are gonna handle NRL okay, but we've got some young players who are gonna become very, very, very high quality first graders, and he's got a lot of trust in them. You know, Xavier Seb, Maddie, like Pato's relatively inexperienced mm. for, and mm. relatively young still too. Red, um, I'm probably forgetting a couple. Tommy, Zach, all these guys that they're doing a really good job at the moment, and they've just got so much upside in them. So we just gotta continuity is a big thing we just got to keep them on the field
0: yep absolutely um, but like you said there's plenty of upside in uh, what the side's bringing at the moment so the Raiders uh, make it I think four out of the last five victories after the weekend and head to Brisbane now to take on the Broncos uh, and try and um, you know go up against a really exper- a really sorry uh, impressive team so far this season that have been very good but we'll touch on that game shortly you're listening to behind the limelight thanks to OAC digital Our guest this week on the podcast is Raiders coaching staff member, New South Wales Cup coach Joel Carbone. And, uh, mate, we've talked to you earlier about a man of wearing many hats. Um, give us, a, give us the, the, the short version of your pathway to where you are now, when you arrived at the club, what you did, and, and, the, and the progression that you've made as a young coach um, to get where you are now. I know you don't like talking about yourself. I don't yourself, like talking <laughs> about
2: myself at all. Uh, Stick gave me an opportunity... 2016 I started um, as an analyst Um, straight out of I was started a PhD at uni and he just I needed some access to some data and um, he just gave me an opportunity on the back of that and yeah I've been here ever since he hasn't been able to kick me out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've taken on a few different roles over that time Um, as I mentioned before one of the big ones has been you were um, basically Peter Mulholland's right hand man when it came to you know I would even shudder to think how many hours of rugby league video you've watched in your life because I know it's thousands. Um, But you did a lot of that sort of gritty work for Pete when he was, like, trying to identify players and pick out guys who you could
2: potentially see as some some next raiders there. Yeah. Uh, Pete did all the hard work, mate. I used to just sort of sit and watch the kids and I think he used to just – he used to enjoy – somebody else agreeing with his opinion (laughs) more often than not he was right anyway and i just sit there and watch these really good kids play footy and say yeah pete you're right mate
1: (laughs) how are you finding your new role this season
2: oh it's so much fun it's really good um i think a fair few more people thought i'd lose my mind a bit more and go (laughs) mental and kick (laughs) a few things and uh break a few chairs and kick holes in things i don't know why they would think that but um it's been really enjoyable um you know, it's just really good to see so many young guys come through. Like, we've got so many good young players. It's just been good working with them and giving them an opportunity. And it's it's awesome to see so many of them get a debut this year. Like, it's only halfway through the year, and I don't know how many, four or five, I think, have, have debuted. Harry, Trey, Shill. Yep. Uh, probably missing a couple. Yeah, there's a
0: uh, – who Zach. else? Yeah, Zach. Oh, yep. Zach. Zach. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Um, yeah. some, um, yep. I'm probably missing a few more. But nonetheless, it's just, that's that's it's really exciting seeing that. Um and along the way, if we can pick up a couple of wins and you know start a bit of a winning culture beneath the first grade, then that's that's awesome too.
0: It's a weird competition the New South Wales Cup in the fact that some some clubs are in there um, to use it as a development pathway, like we are, mm-hmm. and then you've got other clubs in there, the standalone clubs like your new towns and stuff that are actually there to win the competition because that's their that's their passion project. They're yeah. they're actually paying players outside of. Um, the the you know affiliation with full timers and stuff to try and actually win that competition. So it's a unique competition in that everyone's got different goals. I mean, obviously you want to win it and, and yeah. play well, but there are different goals within inside that that competition.
2: Yeah, um, I think most teams have an affiliation with an NRL team yeah. now, like a direct affiliation, yeah. or it's like you know their actual New South Wales Cup team. There's only three or four who aren't, um, but it's yeah, you can tell that obviously every team has a different agenda. In saying that. Like you know, all the players are super competitive, of and as soon as you turn up on the weekend, doesn't matter win. how much you want to develop or say whatever your agenda is. Everybody on the weekend just wants to win. Yep. So um, I'm the same. I'm competitive. The boys <laughs> are competitive. <laughs> when we go out there, we we just want to win, and obviously, winning is going to help the boys. Yep. Gives b- and help the club and allow those boys to sort of develop a little bit better, picking up better habits. And That's right, and it gives so and the so
0: ability fun. to push the, those guys, they can push their barrow to try and yeah. get back into first grade or, or get
2: an opportunity at first grade as well. That's right.
1: Um, Kelly Egan's joined the club recently mm. in the recruitment role. Um, how are you finding working with him?
2: Yeah, it's been great. Um, he's found his feet really quickly. Um, yeah, he's, he's been really enjoyable to work with, it's been really good. And it's obviously a completely different person to Pete, but they're both. Very good in their own ways, obviously.
0: Kelly, I, I thought you have worn a lot of hats in your time here. He's done everything. Kelly Egan, and we'll get him on the podcast one week. But he's done everything. He's been a CEO at a club. He's coached. He's played. He's had every role. General manager of football. He's a he's a good story. So we'll get him on one week as well. Uh, Joel, what's your coaching style? Uh, now you mentioned you're not a you're not a chair kicker, so you're obviously not taken over from the boss. But <coughs> what's your what's your coaching style? Um, what's what's your approach to, to things? I don't know. I'm just
2: myself, I suppose. Yep. Um, and I just like helping the boys, trying to get better, trying to get into first grade. Whatever you want to call that, I, yep. don't, I don't necessarily know how to put it into words, but I just try and do it in my own way.
0: Yeah, I like to hear that answer. That's a, It's always good for people to have their own little spin on things. Um, uh, the rest of the season, obviously the teams um, at first grade and New South Wales Cup, similar positions. They're in and around the, the sort of uh, bottom half of the, the top... Um, finals contention, uh, <laughs> obviously, with some uh, p- good performances. You'd like to see both teams be there around finals time. Yeah, the
2: mo- far and away the most important is if we come last in New South Wales Cup and NRL make the finals and do well. That's the most important thing. Um, it's been really difficult so far this year T- to be in the position that we're in in both NRL and, and Cup. Um, is you know we're not we're not completely happy with it, but we're satisfied considering that been like unprecedented the amount mm. of guys that we've had out and the amount of change that we've had to had um, had to have sorry. So look if we if we finish the season strongly in Cup, which I think we can, um, I reckon we'll make the finals and, and make a dent, but most importantly we just get boys ready for first grade and kick on into the N R L finals and hopefully in the grand
0: final. Absolutely, let's hope we can uh, see a big push, we've already started with the last, I said four out of the last five games at NRL level have been wins for the Green Machine, so with a big push we can hopefully be there uh, at the finals time. Raiders v Bronco, Saturday night 7.35pm at Suncorp Stadium Loz um, it, it could be a, it's going to be a massive uh, match for us, the Broncos obviously in the top four at the moment and playing in some good form.
1: Yeah, they're in really good form. The addition of um, Adam Reynolds and Kurt Capwell this year has um, helped them immensely and they've obviously got players in form like young yeah, Cobbos and Stags and players like that who are now in Origin as well. Um, but yeah, it'll be a really big challenge and I'm sure the boys are looking forward to it.
0: Traditionally, uh, Joel, Jack and Papa do back up from Origin. Is that the, the expectation, you know, without not knowing what's going to happen on Wednesday night?
2: Yeah, I think um, all things being equal, they'll back up. Um, yeah, as far as I know. They'll both play against the Broncos on Saturday night.
0: The Broncos themselves have been a bit of a surprise this year. Most people tip them to you know, not um, have the rise that they have and they're up in the, in the top four at the moment and, and playing some really good football and will be a huge challenge up there in Brisbane.
2: Yeah. You know, we've talked about our own young, good young kids coming through. The Broncos have some of the best young athletes coming through in the whole NRL and they've, they've been able to keep them on the field this year, had a bit of experience with Capel and, and Reynolds and they seem to have found a pretty good balance. Um, they, they're They're playing really, really well and playing really confidently. That's the big thing for them at the moment.
0: Suncorp Stadium was a happy hunting ground for us Loz a couple of weeks ago during Magic Round and it's a, it's a great venue to, to go and be a part of and uh, for more reports there's a fair few Raiders members heading along to the game too so that'll be nice to have some support there.
1: Yeah it will be. We've had lots of Queensland games this year, we've um, already been up there three times and we've got two more to come so um, yeah it'll be great to play in front of our Queensland fans again and play at Suncorp where we got the win a couple of weeks ago against the Sharks.
0: What's the key to beating the Broncos, Joel? Where, where are they vulnerable?
2: Yeah. Uh, like I said before They're playing very confidently So we've got to start well um, As you do most weeks But in particular Against a powerful side and a, and a confident side You've got to start well You can't let them Get the jump on us um, So I'd say yeah That's 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 the big thing And then Other than that our dis- if, if our discipline's good Particularly with the ball um, and We bring the same Defensive resolve That we had last week we'll, It'll be a fair fight
0: Yep It's going to be a great game Up there 7.35pm uh, On Saturday night <laughs> All right, podcast prediction time. Now, we didn't do a podcast last week, um, but we did one two weeks ago uh, before we played Parramatta. Um, zero on the calls there. I had, we, it was a, going into Indigenous round, and we all had. Indigenous round players. I had Jack White and Rosie had Xavier Savage and our guest Sia had Jamal Fogarty to kick a field goal. And Seb Chris scored a double. The one guy that we pretty much left out. Him and Adam Elliott <laughs> the Indigenous players that we didn't mention. Um, Seb got a double. So uh, Loz, what have you got for us this week? What's something that's going to happen in the game you think might happen this weekend?
1: Speaking of Sebastian Chris, I'm backing him in for another try. He's had four, five in the past four games, so yeah, one more had, will be great.
0: He is <laughs> definitely fine in line. Joel, have you got something for us? Who do you think might be able to Pinch a try for us this weekend, or do something special. Is that what it's got to be? A prediction? Yeah, on who's yeah. going to score? Well, doesn't have to be a score. It could be anything. It could be a big moment. It could be anything you want. Um,
2: I don't want to. I don't want to sound cocky. We will win in a tough game. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. So I'll take that. I'm going to say just something very, very straight. Yeah, no, line. I like that. <laughs>
0: I like that attitude. We'll take the win in a tough game. That's good. I'm going to go for. Um, I'm going to go for big red. To, to finally crash over for a try. I feel like it's coming. I mean, Has he, he had one yet? No, I don't think he's got one this year, but
2: he's... Um, Has he had one in his career so far? He would have had a, yeah, couple, yeah, had yeah. a couple. Yeah, he's had a couple. He's had a couple. So
0: he looked at... Uh, he, he looked about a 1,000 to 1 to <laughs> go on and score after that charge down. But <laughs> to his credit, right. he, did going right, going right, he did the right thing. Yeah. He looked up and he looked for support straight I'm away and, and found Seb uh, looming on his left. So uh, I think Red's ready for a try. So I'll go for that one this week. Joel, thanks very much for joining us. Appreciate yeah, it. Love hearing about... Um, your pathway and also um, how you're enjoying your new role as a cup coach. So thanks for being part of the show. Thanks, guys. Loz, thank you. And um, we'll uh, hopefully be back on next week celebrating a Raiders victory.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Ben.
0: Thanks, guys. You're listening to Behind the Limelight. Thanks to OAC Digital. We'll catch you next week.